they're gonna get my gaming face. I hate my gaming face. So what's up, guys? Before we begin this episode, who are you yelling at? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Beast video. We're gonna make a hundred blind people see. So before we start today's episode, it didn't feel right that we're gonna talk all about Gran Turismo and not actually play a racing game. So we're going to, but because of budgeting reasons and because they don't do couch co-op anymore we're gonna be playing dirt five and uh yeah here we go we're, we're live on twitch also so some people might see ahead of time what we're about to do so guys of course uh this is just one of the many races that we did because uh one the first one my car was just not working the second one i was not working the third one the map was not working so this is our fourth possible no fifth actual uh run Oh, yeah. Okay. All right, this guy in front of me is already going too slow. How's the car? Much better. Yeah, it was the car, dude. Rough car, rough car. Ooh. It's only two laps though, so. Alright. Then you're gonna hit some rough water terrain ahead at some point. I think it's really gonna come down to if either of us crash. Oh, Nick, did you just take the lead? Look at you, you're in third, man. Nice job. Oh, here comes the wall. Another wall. To the window and to the wall, people. To the window. Okay, now, now we have a competition. Now it looks like an actual race. Oh, you went left, so did I. <laughs> oh! oh, yeah, yeah, you get it. <laughs> yes! The pile up. Okay, I like that wave. <laughs> I thought it was all over. This is a long lap. Okay, so there's gonna be a lot of opportunity. We could swat it out. Swat. Do I just say no? There's another white car I'm getting stuck behind, and uh, I thought it was you, but I see that you are a little. I think bit we all got covered in dust. Yeah. Oh, there you. What's up, buddy? Oh, I just hit you. I didn't mean to. I really have to do a better job of avoiding other cars. I always just end up hitting the back of them and just propelling them forward. Is that you? That is. See ya. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. I can see why even battling for... See oh! <laughs> I thought it was over. Oh, good line. I found a good line right there. should have passed my driving test and it was just the car. It could have been just the car. 
Neither of us crashed there. Big. Did you go left or right? I went left. Nick, you got it. Uh. Oh. <laughs> Good job there, buddy. Good game. Now I'm sure you're not going to show all the other clips of me not winning. <laughs> Sound, speeding, camera, rolling, scene 27. Take 303, mark. Welcome to Take 303, powered by Fort Way Media, the podcast with the guy who knows a lot about film. And his friend. I'm Nick Molinari. I'm JP Brooks. Today we're talking everything film and television. And today we are talking about Talk to Me and Gran Turismo. So in cinematic news. Cinematic news. Um... Mm. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to let you finish that that drink before I tell you. (laughs) I'm I'm thirsty for the news, man. I'm just really excited. All right, what do you got for us? All right, so we have a Netflix show that has some controversy this week. Netflix One Piece? No. Good, it shouldn't have any. What is the controversy? The controversy is a TV show. It's um, a reality show. It's a dating show. uh, Exclusively with people with Down syndrome. You're serious? What's it called? Down for Love. Ah, I see what might be the issue with that, Nicholas. Thank you for bringing that up. You're welcome, JP. (laughs) My girlfriend doubled down on that. She said it should be called Down Bad. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) So this is like Love is Blind or one of those other, you know, Hot Island or one of those Instagram butt model shows. Yeah. Yeah, but I assume it's just more down to earth. I just, (laughs) we can't say the word down. That's it. So there's one that's similar to it, but okay. with autism, and they call it Love on the Spectrum. So I think that one uh, is a little bit more, like, you know, nicer. Love on the down low? I don't know. Right, anything else for us? No, it's been a slow week, but I did take a look at our rating system. Take 303 has reviewed 50 movies. You have reviewed 47, because you missed a few. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to see who was the more generous person rating, and who do you think it is? I think it's me. I am the more generous yeah reviewer uh, now i would be interested to see like who gave out more fives so i don't have that statistic in front yeah. of me but i do have that out of 250 stars that i could have given yeah i gave out 180 okay at least you didn't hit 200 because that would be a four on the spot the exact math is 0.72 and you gave uh 156 stars Dang. out of 235 well, let's just say if that was out of two fifty. Yeah. Again, this I I adjusted yeah. for inflation. Yeah. Un- unlike the people that are <laughs> providing statistics about Barbie. Yeah. Uh, you're gonna go against Spider Man across Spider Verse. I go against Barbie. That's like our thing. Yeah. You have a point six six. Okay. So you're you know. So if if we do our rating system numbers wise, a six six is like a three point two, three point three on average. Yours is actually like a three point eight. Yeah, point nine. That's crazy. I don't know if you know we're in a movie theater. I did it. So you know what? Let me let me put my phone away, and uh, let me let me stay quiet. I'll stay quiet now. Thank you. Across the season, you have yelled at two sets of people in the movie theater. <laughs> it has worked every time. Yours has been the calmest, though. Thank you for that. No problem. The stress levels were at an all-time high. Well, I mean, you knew it was coming, right? I knew it was coming. I just didn't know when, and I didn't expect it to be during the quietest <laughs> moment of the movie. <laughs> With that being said, this week we are talking about Talk To Me. Uh, when I pulled you aside to say, let's do this movie, I said, talk to me. And you thought we were having a heart-to-heart. You were like, 
what's the problem? Yeah, I was like, no, 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 right? talk to me. And you're like, okay, I'm like I'm listening. I was like, no, 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 there's a movie called Talk to Me. I, this really happened. I, you mean people know? I'm I'm all about a bit like making jokes. I really thought the man wanted to talk. I'm like, all right, what's up, man? So two guys from YouTube, uh, Danny and Michael Filippo, uh, they made this film, and it's starring Sophie Wilde. Talk to Me follows Sophie Wilde's character, known as Mia, who is grieving the loss of her mother. She and her friend, along with her friend's brother, go to a party after seeing some videos online of people doing crazy things when they grab a mannequin hand. So they go to find out for themselves whether or not these people are faking it, or are they really being possessed and that's what this movie is all about i was not sold on this movie when we saw it as a trailer because we saw this probably for the first time when we were going to see insidious yeah it was you me and eddie and we all collectively just looked and said to each other out loud this movie is hot trash uh what an experience for expectations because then eddie started telling me nick talk to me if i had to sum this up in one sentence i will say probably one of the best horror movies of the year i would say the horror movie of the year will be not near impossible to be from our earlier episodes we know there's a poster of it follows in my room because i love that movie it evokes everything i love about horror films from the 70s and 80s one of the few films that i feel scared me you have to actually scare me and what scares you is something that you can take home that you come home and you actually live with that I would definitely agree with you. I've never liked the occult. I don't mess with it at all. Uh, Ouija boards, I don't play with them. Regardless of my upbringing, things like that, religious-wise, I just never like that stuff, never do. And this, so for my un, for my natural fear of these things, oh man, this is, uh, what an interesting take because we talked about even doing Ouija with Talk To Me as mm-hmm. a pairing. Obviously, there's so many movies, so that's why we're pairing these two. I, did, I felt very uncomfortable when I left. Yeah, and if it wasn't for seeing this in Brooklyn, my experience was a little tainted, and I tried really hard not to hold that against the movie because there was this group of teenagers that would not shut up the entire movie. Everybody was yelling at them to shut up, and then management had to come in later on and tell them to shut up. Man, when I came home, I was by myself, no one here, and I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, they did some tried-and-true horror things, but disguised it enough and did things in a unique way, I thought. The escalation is perfect. Because, like, the most interesting thing is this mannequin hand with what the movie is about. I can't I can't imagine how long that scene, that when they play with it, because they play with it a few times, the scene where everything really goes bad. That was a long time we were sitting with it. And I go, yeah, why do movies need to be this long? Like, so many movies say jump and jump and jump, but a good horror movie sits and lets tension build. And this is like such a, uh, these people who, who are making this film know exactly what they're doing. And brings me to my next point. The people that made this came from YouTube. Yeah. When I told Eddie years ago, I was like, the next uh, group of filmmakers are going to people are gonna be people from YouTube. They're going to be people from TikTok. Right, makes sense. And um, it just goes to prove... Anyone can do it. Speaking of and plugging, we're making a short film. We are. We uh we talked about it last week. We are still working on the casting process, and we're going to be sharing more details about that in the coming few uh, episodes. Definitely, when it's it's good to be watching uh, good films while you're while you're trying to make one of your own, even a short one. Back to the movie. Uh, things that are working. Highlights. I think I've already hinted at it, but that whole scene and then ending in the way the messed up way 
that it does. Like, I really did not... It just went from zero to 20. It really revved up slowly. Super fresh, very original. The ending, loved it. I did not expect it to go that way. And then also uh, that group of kids that were talking throughout the whole movie, maybe because they were bullshitting the whole movie, they did not understand the ending at all. Because they're, yeah, well, not surprised. I felt like I needed you there to be like, excuse me, we're, uh, this is a movie? This is a movie theater? <laughs> yeah, do you know where the movie theater Writing throughout was good. Everybody's pretty believable. Not a lot of exposition. Felt like natural dialogue. I think that comes with the territory of using, like, what I assume, because I can't click on their names on Wikipedia. None of the actors are, like, named actors, and it makes it a little bit scarier. Kind of like Blair Witch. Yeah, there is something about horror movies you can't have lead people unless it's russell crowe as a priest then it's okay nothing felt long nothing felt drawn out nothing felt too short it was a 90 minute movie what a gift what a gift sophie wilde what a great actress like i think she did a good job i think um the kid that takes all the damage for everybody oh my guy he does an insane job also and then also to bring this back because i know you said um evil dead was your top yeah for the year for horror um and now this i'm assuming takes its place it does uh the practical effects also the effects were well done everything seemed very real and yeah most most the makeup like for the kid afterwards looked really good oh what an opening i i think i jumped in that opening more than i jumped in insidious it was once, but you know, wasn't that? <laughs> yeah, yeah it was good. but it was just so unexpected. Because that's the thing, we went in completely blind to this. I saw a half of a trailer that I thought was trash, and then I went in, I actually experienced it, and I was like, "Holy shit!" It just really shows you how little you need to actually pull a scare off. Yeah, less is more in horror, right? Less is more. Less you know, less to everything. And there's no like revenge plot where the horror come back to get them for like justice, and we feel good. They're just like, crap, this went too far. Want nothing to do with it. I just like the way they were written. So oftentimes in horror flicks, like they make rules for how things work, but they'll often forget about them or push them to the side for, quote unquote, a better narrative. I really enjoyed that they didn't uh, push against. But they make you doubt a couple times too. That's like my only gripe with this movie. It's, yeah. uh, it's a nitpick. The rules get a little bit murky of like, is it over? Is it not? What actually destroys it? Like I'm trying to look for the same kind of situation with the ring that was another film that scared me when i was a kid and it's like uh, they come up with the idea that you have to you know make a copy that's your way of getting out of it what i thought or how i interpreted was is that we're a little lost here because they don't know because the characters don't even know i don't like we only know no more than 90 seconds and then they ask a question then what happens and then people are they don't really give an answer because they don't really know krista said it best she goes, I could see this totally becoming a TikTok internet fad. Like, if this was a real thing, she goes, I could definitely see millions of people doing this thing. So I don't know if it's directly trying to make a commentary. I think it's just something to think about, maybe. Because uh, I, I don't necessarily like horror movies that have too much to say. And many things on TikTok, you know, the trends, the cinnamon challenge, all these different things. They all still tried it. Yeah. So 100%, if there was like a demon hand being passed around on tiktok a hundred percent kids would still be like yeah i want to do it just being the world we live in today death of uh religion really not being the in the mainstream doesn't have a big impact on the culture as it's had over the last two thousand years for something like that to be claimed which like you know demons and uh all this other stuff 
would make sense that if it was something real, like I, I could find a way totally believable. Can you think of a good horror flick in the last five years that lives up to this? Yeah. Hereditary? Hereditary. Yeah, I think it'd be. Yeah, it's a good one. That sounds right. That's in the last five, right? I thought Us wasn't that scary. I didn't. I wasn't a big fan of Us. I thought it was real. The first half was really good, yeah, and yeah, after that, it kind of went downhill. And then the other Jordan Peele movie, Look Up, or Don't Look Up, or Don't, Don't. That's what it's called. Yeah. Don't Look Up is the Jennifer Lawrence oh, um, right. meteor movie. So I think we can go for final thoughts and ratings. I'll go first. Sure. One of the best of the year. I have a soft spot for Scream, so it still holds my uh, top spot. I think for the minor gripe, I can still overlook that and still think it's a great film. I heard there's a sequel. The first thing I think they're doing is a prequel to the to the film, starting out with the two kids from the beginning. I think if they try to expand and explain, it'll ruin it. I think yeah. the mystery is what makes it great. So final thoughts. I think it was very entertaining, very gripping. Couldn't keep my eyes off the screen. Took it with me going home. No surprise here. Five out of five. Had real character depth, had real character arcs, had real stakes, and had real consequences. There's one thing I really want to say about this movie. Consequences. I think not enough times in these horror movies, even though there are consequences, they don't feel justified or enough. This movie felt like there are consequences and they suck. And you can feel our characters going through it, uh, really rooting for our main character, even sometimes doubting our main character. And it clocks in at an hour and 34 minutes. Five out of five for me. After the break, we will be talking about Gran Turismo, which I just learned how to pronounce correctly. Yeah, I pronounced it wrong last week because I was like, oh, I think it's Italian. Gran Turismo. I've been saying Turismo all all the time we've been planning this, and then now it's Turismo. All right. But I, I have beef with how uh, Orlando Bloom pronounces Nissan. Nissan. That's how it said Nissan. We will find out after the break. This week's episode is brought to you by Backseat Driver Simulator. That's right. Forget the high-speed, octane adventures of NASCAR, motorsports, Gran Turismo, or any of those other things you can think of. Backseat Driver Simulator brings you away from all of that and takes you to a brand new experience of sitting in the backseat watching somebody else drive. This company has devoted itself to making it VR compatible. That's right. You can put on a helmet sitting at home watching somebody else drive. You don't need to call your friend. You don't need to call your neighbor. You don't have to talk to anybody forget getting in a real car sit in the back seat of one that's been animated for you there is an intricate number of phrases and you can set your own curse words to yell at your front seat driver while you sit from the back seat very comfortably you can change the color of your seatbelt you can watch as your own seatbelt buckles in we also have hardcore mode where you unbuckle the seatbelt they've thought of everything for this game mode that you can now customize not only your own avatar but the avatar of the person driving you can set the country of origin age level of obesity for your own personal driver do whatever you want imagine grand theft auto but from the back seat of a car and due to the recent popularity of the previous mod it has been officially added into the game that's right along with backseat driver simulator you'll have the very special passenger princess simulator mod attached it comes free with the game a great arcade mode you can now instead of sitting in the back seat you can sit in the front seat and watch as your driver struggles to figure out where they're going they will hand you the phone and you can absolutely ignore them and just watch as they rub your leg instead in fact you could even swat that hand away everything available for you in backseat driver simulator 3.0 don't wait go out today but get somebody to drive you when you go pick it up. 
Backseat Driver Simulator 3.0. This episode is powered and sponsored by Fortway Media. Whether it's a special event, your wedding day, or maybe a small business looking to make an advertisement or commercial, Fortway Media is the obvious choice. They turn everyday life into a cinematic experience. When you want to capture those special moments, look no further. Stop what you're doing. Check out fortwaymedia.com. Book an appointment today and don't miss out on another chance to get what you want in front of the big screen. Whether it is expert videography or photography, Fortway Media can match exactly what you're looking for. Fortway Media is known for helping out small businesses and everyone reach their dreams. Sign up today. And we're back and we're talking about Neil Blomkamp's Gran Turismo, starring David Harbour, Orlando Bloom, and Archie Medecwe. Gran Turismo follows a man named David who pitches to Nissan that in order to bring the next generation into racing and driving, they should take somebody who plays video games as a race car driver and put them in a real car. Once Nissan gets the approval, David posts a tournament, a race online, where our main character Jan joins after being told most of his life that racing and video games, it'll never happen. Jan is offered a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to be a real race car driver. With the help of his coach and David, he goes along this journey to becoming and proving to everyone else that he can race for real. And that is what this movie is about. It's funny, we didn't want to pair these two up because they're both new movies, but it was the only way to catch up. And it's two movies that... From the trailer, we were both skeptical There's about. There's no way that these were going to be good. I was like, yeah, I think Gran Turismo might be a good movie. And you're like, my guy, come on. <laughs> Please. First initial thoughts, I think it was a very fun movie. I I think like my only nitpicks might be that like it definitely is an underdog story. So it follows a lot of tropes. You know, I would have agreed with you normally, but from what I've read, it's based. it really is based on a true story. Story, I went in thinking... It was just based on a video game, and that was the only truth in it. Right. The first but, 30 seconds to minute when they explained the background to the video game, that's the true part. Yeah, because most of the the based on a true story films, it's literally like just a premise. And then after that, it's all Hollywood fluff. And then this one, you looked it up right after we got out. and Yeah, so this is based on Jan, and I don't know, how, Jan M, I don't know how to say his last name. But it really was, they showed some real footage in the, at the end of the movie is a real race car driver. He has one win, 40 races, and has finished on the podium three times. Finishing on the podium means first, second, or third. The guy didn't grow up to be a professional driver. It, as the movie says, the idea of Gran Turismo Academy, we saw him in a real Gran Turismo Academy shirt. It's real. Um, and he had, even though in the movie it said over 200 races, uh, at least with the final race that we saw, I'm assuming it's on that kind of a that car in that particular competition. It is an underdog story. I, I do have a soft spot for sports movies in particular. Uh, yeah, I always love it. Everybody loves underdog. I really love an underdog. This is kind of like a sports movie. I think a lot of people would be mad at you if you didn't call it a sports movie because yeah. NASCAR. Um, But, I mean, you can have a movie that involves cars or NASCAR, but it may not necessarily be a sport. Like, for Ford versus Ferrari. I think we're in the era of good adaptations of video games. I'm so glad we're talking about video games again because that was at our pilot episode, the unreleased one, that we had The Last of Us, which is a video game. Which you game. still can find on Patreon. You can't, technically speaking. Resident Evil, the first video game, and then the movie. The first video game has a story, but is that story really enough? They thought no. They took some elements, threw it in, so fans were like, great, but they made their own story. 
That's why the first one is so good. You have the story of Last of Us. Naughty Dog is known for making great stories. A video game movie goes bad, in my opinion. It's when the video game doesn't have a plot itself. And then you try to make a plot centered around the video game. Well, what's the plot of Gran Turismo? They didn't try to tell a video game story. They just tried to tell a story. Doom, really bad, tried telling a video game story. Doom is like really like point A, point B, shoot some monsters in like, between. They wrote it like a video game. Keeping with the video game uh, topic, did you ever play Gran Turismo? I did, I did. I did play Gran Turismo a lot on the original PlayStation at my grandmother's house. She had a copy of the game, not her particularly, but somebody had it at the house. And after schools, I would go and play it a lot. And how was your experience with that? One of the toughest, especially as a seven-year-old, one of the toughest racing car games, period. And I love racing games. I played like Forza, Midnight Club. Midnight Club yeah. 3, one of the greatest video games of all time. Believe me, buddy, I know. Yeah. Uh, however, I would not put that in the same realm no, as Forza uh, I've played. I played uh, Burnout, Need for Speed. Burnout, by of... the way, the best racing car game of all time. The Crash Mode. If you don't if you don't know burnout crash mode, you haven't lived. I've skated around every single yeah. racing game except for Gran Turismo. Well, and I'm not surprised because Gran Turismo, part of what it may think makes racing games fun is the unrealistic aspect of crashing, doing crazy stuff. And they're not wrong when they say Gran Turismo is not a video game, it's actually a simulation. It's kind of a joke, but it, it's true. It is one of the most realistic. You can't just hit turns at 200 miles an hour the game will it doesn't let you do that and i i've seen clips uh the the games themselves are gorgeous yeah. especially the last one i really wanted to get it um but it was like really high price tag for a racing game so i was like i'll wait it out again it just it's a it's a really well-made game and just seeing some of the stuff in the film about how many dif different things you can customize in these cars. It is so intricate. It really is a simulation and barely a game. Obviously, I have to talk about product placement in this film. There's only one movie this year that I think has a, the same amount, which is Air, two films that are uh, basically a biopic about something that happened in, in a sport uh, history. But this one, I feel like, was really, really pushing the product more than Air. PlayStation and it was Gran Turismo, uh, specifically in the Nissan and Sony. And when I was watching it, I was like, kind of want to buy one of those. Like, might want to buy Gran Turismo, but I also, I always wanted to have like the the racing wheel with the pedals yeah. in the house. Yeah, you ever have one of those? Uh, no, I had the Time Crisis guns. You know, Time Crisis. Oh yeah, Time yeah. Crisis Three, the best of the Time Crisis. By the way, Two is up there as well. I didn't like Four. I feel like we led very similar lives when we weren't around each other. Correct. Uh, lived lived in arcade. There are very few GT, Gran Turismo, if I say GT, that's what I'm referring to. I remember being in the arcade, Atlantic City Boardwalk arcades, when my grandmother would go gambling, my mom would take us down to arcade. Need for Speed, I feel like, was our big racing car game. Need for Speed Most Wanted. Oh, yeah. Need for Speed Most Wanted. But, like, I meant the arcade games, too. I just had this vivid memory eight need for speed machines all next to each other and just kids waiting behind each one lined up ready to go when i think gt i don't feel like that's something people talked about in our generation necessarily uh, but people who are hardcore racing simulators that really want to feel like it this is the game because like you know in need, need for speed you know i'm doing backflips and i'm you know hitting my gas twice so my car rides up in the arcade version 
And racing is seen such as like an arcade kind of game. They took this and made it very real. The movie got really serious. Yeah, I was not expecting, ironically, the twists and turns. Yeah, turns, huh? Yeah, driving game. It felt very basic at the very beginning, and I was worried. At the very beginning, it just felt like every movie I've seen about Mm. an underdog. Everything was working for him. Like, he didn't encounter any problems, barely an inconvenience. People were telling him, you can't do something. Next scene, he does it. Like, it just, it was barely anything uh, for him. And then right when he gets into the academy and he goes to his first set of races, that's when I think it starts taking a turn. And, like, you can see, like, oh, this is real and this is what you're up against. And I honestly, without spoiling the film, I thought it was going to be one of those movies, like, similar to Rocky where he uh, either doesn't finish, doesn't get his license or doesn't win the race or something like that. And, uh you know, the end credits would be like, oh, he only got this far. Interesting, yeah. But I'm glad, no, he has real struggles. And even in the end, what I love, 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 and I think some people are going to have problems with it, he's not even trying to get first. Because just for him to get top five is an accomplishment. I was, la- I, I don't know if you heard me because there was only like five people there and yeah. then those kids, you know, talking the whole time. But I laughed when they cheered for, you got fourth. It's yeah. like, I I swear, if I came home with, like, a test and I was, like, fourth highest in the class, my dad would be like, the fuck? My mom would have cheered. (laughs) Four out of five, Joseph, you're so smart. Because, but I think that's realistic. For a guy who's never raced before in his life, never been behind a real car, to finish anything that's not last is very impressive. You, You don't really get a sense of it, and I didn't until I saw probably Ford versus Ferrari, when you actually see how fast these cars are moving and what they have to do on these sharp turns. It's insane. Yeah. And this is coming from a guy who's never passed his driving test. <laughs> yeah. Where I was moving like maybe 20 miles an hour and still missed the turn. Yeah. At one point, I don't know if it still is, but NASCAR was the most popular sport in America. Sometimes it felt a little bit over-edited going into the wheels, into the... But I think it all kind of worked for me. I kind of liked it. I liked it because it still paid tribute to its roots, reminding us that, yeah, this is part of a video game and this and that but i didn't like the parts where like i didn't like the freeze frames yeah it felt like it it stopped what ironically should be a fast moving kind of thing yeah just and the only other big gripe i have is i just feels like every movie does this nowadays i get it people have headphones i understand that they're listening to music why do i also have to listen at full volume what they're listening to cut to somebody else needing their attention and then we have to hear a little bit in the background. Why can't they just not hear someone because they have headphones on? They did it three times in the movie. But yeah, he mentions like Black Sabbath. He's talking about like hard rock and like even in his introduction, like that's the music that he's listening to. And when it gets to the kid, it's all this soft jazz and, you know, high note uh, female voices. And it's like, it doesn't really vibe with the the heaviness of what you have to do and i think that was important because even at the ending they they highlight that that's the music that he listened to before races yeah i I don't i don't care about the that's fine they can have all the music they want i'm just tired of the cut of it music is loud someone always needs them for something they're never doing they're always off doing something else huh and then the music i just i hate that three times in the movie how many times we're gonna do it you know why can't why is everyone headphones? Why can't you just hit a button and do a thing? My guy, did you just come from the 18th Avenue Festival? <laughs> yeah, I know. What's I, going I, on? I, I, 
Ah, I'm just tired of that cut. I see it in every freaking movie and television now. I kind of want to make fun of it. All right. So, um, favorite performance? Because I know you were like a little boy in the theater when you saw Orlando Bloom. You were like, hey. I haven't seen him in a while. It's not since the Black Pearl. Yeah. It's my boy. Who's the actor that's the dad? Uh, that's Dijon Hosen. As an actor, he's got like one or two facial expressions. You know, he actually, uh, he had a complaint against Hollywood uh, like a few months ago. What? Because he said he wasn't getting paid enough. And like people's responses were like, dude, you're like in every movie right now. Yeah. Like he's not getting like major roles. Right. And that could be the reason why is like he doesn't have a dynamic range. And we were talking about this earlier this morning when we were going through like the auditions we were looking for someone with ha- who has like a dynamic range and that's what you need at, in a lead if he's only giving like one or two as you're saying then it makes sense for why he's always a side character well i saw his third emotion i didn't know he could cry like i knew the dad was coming that's when he was waiting like who could he waiting for is it going to be the girl no she kind of felt useless in the movie it was a forced relationship just because every gamer wishes they had could touch grass and meet girls but it's not that he's even mad at his brother. He's just mad at the way his dad looks at his brother over him. So even though it's one note and I kind of expected it, I just thought he did a really solid job. I felt that the father-son relationship, which I thought was a good aspect to the movie because it's a key aspect to who Jan is as a character in the movie, that nobody believes in him, and that stems from his father. When he says nobody believes in me, the world doesn't believe me. That's not true. It's really just your dad. And that's why you have that father figure and the coach, the, yeah. the usual the usual stuff but i still liked it obviously the best the best performance in all this is david harbour especially in his monologue where he explains like you know why he doesn't race anymore and stuff like that i think he just sells it what's your favorite scene i think it's the race where he has the accident the big one yeah that race and then the hospital scene that immediately follows the racing scene all of them just put them all together they were really well done but anytime in a race when something unexpected happened, like when he got bumped by the, the gold car, when when that car flipped, anytime like that happened, I think you might have saw like my mouth drop. Like, like They did the sounds from the game really well, the iconic green light, even just the lighting above. They kind of always let you knew where he was at. And it just, uh, the lines, the perfect, it really, if you play GT, if you've ever played Gran Turismo, this game... Uh, this movie really lives up to the simulation and they keep the heart of gran turismo without necessarily like you don't have to it's a race it's a simulator you don't have to understand the game to understand the movie well done i'm very happy as someone i heard in a podcast about a year ago now saying that movies it's all it's going to be the battle of products the battle of labels Um, i think gt sets the standard for it as uh this is how you're if you're gonna sell your broad your product your brand a video game this is how you gotta make the movie i think you get mostly a very good solid movie some things are not as important as other it's not always perfect things are a little sloppy very generic in the beginning you're not sure where it's gonna go but as we've said in a very uh a cliche way lots of turns uh the movie takes itself seriously it takes its audience seriously it movies but i say it movies and it movies well Way to not dumb it down. Way to not make this just a high, fast, early, fast and furious. Cars just zooming in. The game is a simulation, so let's make the... When they take the simulation to the real racetrack, let's make the racetrack feel as dangerous as possible. And GT does that. Not can't believe I'm saying this about a video game movie. It is a 4 out of 5.
It's as dangerous as flying a helicopter right over the racetrack. (laughs) (laughs) It has its cliche moments throughout mostly the first half of the film. And then after that, it just takes a turn and it, it movies hard and I really enjoyed it. I had fun with it. I think this is the kind of movie that we're not supposed to dig too deep into it, Mm -mm. but it's still supposed to give you a little something. And I think for the cliche reasons, that's why I'm leaning a three. But for the fun reasons, I'm leaning a four. Because I can very much see myself watching this again. That being uh, said, you're sticking to a? Four. Wow. I really thought you were going to give it a three. I'm, I'm still teetering on it. I, <laughs> I don't know if I made the right <laughs> choice. <laughs> there is no right choice. It's just what you think about the movie. Yeah, because here we don't rate it by what we think other people will think it's how we felt yeah. about the movie if i think if i rewatch it like if i want to rewatch it i feel like it deserves a four a part one to a part two you didn't need it it doesn't happen it's great uh i, I didn't get my lick in i just had to make sure i threw that in at the end <laughs> i was like oh wait have i got my spider-man dig in no there it is yeah there it is this has been an episode of take 303 thanks so much for watching by the way we always tell you to follow us at fortway underscore media on instagram please do that but make sure you follow us at take.303, Nick. That's what Nick's telling me in production. That's right. Uh, you follow us there. We've been posting a bunch of our older stuff that we posted uh, other places. So take a look. Give us some like. We appreciate the follow. Share it with your friends. In honor of National Simba Day on August 27th, our next episode will be of Old Boy. 20-year anniversary of this movie coming out. Nick is a big fan, has seen it before. I have not, so it'll be interesting to get our ratings. So a special episode coming out soon. And then for our actual Take 303 episodes, just in case you missed the special one. Yeah, we were doing Nick and JP's picks. Nick picked for me Silicon Valley, and I have picked for Nick my final attempt at anime, Attack on Titans. This week's poll question is, what is your favorite racing game growing up? What is your favorite video, uh, favorite racing video game? We'll have Need for Speed. Cruising USA was mine growing up, N64. This week's question of the week is, what is a video game you would like to see made into a movie? 